and a very good Saturday morning to you. Thanks for having Radio 3 nearby. Here's something for you. Did you know that going green isn't actually that hard? Listen now as Sally Ho tells you why in the first part of her new series, Small Steps, Big Impact. Welcome to episode one of Small Steps, Big Impact. My name's Sally Ho. I'm a writer and I've lived in Hong Kong for all my life. I spent a few years abroad for school, but this is where my home is. When I was a teenager, I didn't care about what I ate or how my food was made. Who does at that age? But then I watched this 2014 documentary called Cowspiracy. It really changed how I viewed food. I had no idea that eating meat was doing that much damage to the environment. Long story short, I'm a vegan. But don't worry, I'm not here to convert you. It just works for me. So what I thought I'd do for the next eight weeks is bring you along with me on a radio journey to find out just how fun and easy going green can be. Despite what you may have read online or in magazines, there are no rules to this. You don't have to belong to a club or make huge changes to your everyday life. Today, we'll be swapping out the beef. You might be wondering why it matters whether you eat beef or not. But did you know, beef is the most carbon intensive thing on your plate. So subbing out beef for a plant-based protein even just once or a few times a week could lead to major carbon savings. As a vegan, I don't need any convincing, of course. But if you're a meat lover, you might think that ditching beef is a really hard task. Thankfully, some people are making it easier for us to choose plant proteins. Among them, there's June and Virginia. They're the founders of Tempe Ola, a company making handcrafted tempeh right here in Hong Kong. In fact, I'm on my way right now to meet them. I want to discover all about this vegan protein source that you might not have even heard of before. Hi June in Virginia, we're in Nazi Coffee, a vegan cafe in Hong Kong. And I, before we get into all about beefless cooking, I'd really want to get more into your story. So tell me why you decided to create Tempeh in Hong Kong, what Tempeh Ola is, and your story, if you like. Sure. Um, hi, Sally. Um, I'm June, and I'm one of the co-founders of Tempeh Ola. Hello, I'm Virginia. I'm the other co-founder of Tempeh Ola. So how I started um, being vegan or vegetarian is because when I was still working in an office, a nine to six job, I found out that I found out in an online article that we don't need to consume meat to survive. So that that birthday, I decided not to consume any meat anymore, and I was vegetarian for six years, and then I became vegan. And Virginia jumped right into vegan around three years ago. 
but she'd occasionally cheat, and she would eat an egg tart or drink milk tea every now and then. But I guess it just proves that everything has a process, and I try not to judge her. And each time we decide not to include any animal products in our meal is a great step. So it's a funny story how we first started. I introduced Tempeh to Virginia, and she had the most horrifying experience with it because I had no idea how to cook Tempeh, and I was just eating it for the health benefits. So I was like boiling it and just adding peanut butter and soy sauce to give it a little flavor. So it was actually really horrible. Now I think about it, she swore never to eat Tempeh again after that experience. But and then she decided to seek better quality tempeh and better ways to cook it, and eventually we decided to ferment our own tempeh and started our own brand because of the amazing qualities of tempeh. It's high in plant protein. It's fermented, so it won't cost gas like some other beans, and it has tons of prebiotics and minerals that has great benefits for our health. And of course, it's a lot more sustainable than consuming animal protein. Well. That sounds wonderful, but for the uninitiated, what is tempeh actually? Um, so tempeh is um, essentially fermented beans. Um, traditionally, it, it actually originated from Indonesia, and uh, the traditional way of making is to fermenting soybeans in um, wrapped in banana leaves um, using the natural environment that they have the temperature. Um, it, so it just naturally ferments. However, in Hong Kong, the temperature is more. It's hotter. It's more humid, and we do have the four seasons. Well, not really anymore. But then it's it's kind of like it's not a stable. So we. Do You need to, we, and also banana leaf isn't so readily available in the market. So then we wouldn't be able to use that in Hong Kong. But we did、um, develop our own、um, fermentation method, our own、um, uh, equipments, and everything to make it adaptable to the Hong Kong market. And、um, the fact that it's fermented.、Um, It, a lot of people compare it with tofu because I guess for Chinese、um, culture we are so familiar with tofu, but with tempeh it's a fermented version of it, and because it uses the whole bean, so you do get the extra fiber and all the prebiotics that's good inside the fermentation. And throughout the fermentation, it、uh, helps the bean to actually digest part of the、um, anti-nutrient, for example, like the phytic acid, that we're not able to digest in the human body. So that's why, in terms of the nutri-、uh, nutrient nutrient、um, benefits, it's、uh, it's got. More benefit than I guess the tofu.、Um, in terms of the texture, it's got a more meaty texture. It's chewy,、um, and also with tempeh, we could ferment it with other beans. We could use.、Uh, at the moment, we have、um, another version that is soy-free, which is chickpea.、Uh, but we are looking to develop more, for example, like black beans and other、uh, pulses to to actually offer more of the fermentation. You know. Okay, I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> the fermentation benefits. Yes, Wonderful. Now I'd love to chat about beef. Now that we've covered tempeh, so why is beef so carbon intensive? In one UN report, researchers estimate that livestock farming is responsible for 18 percent of greenhouse gases, and beef is one of the most damaging types of meat to produce because of its land and water usage. It also contributes to deforestation in the Amazon and releases methane, a greenhouse gas even more potent than carbon dioxide. Perhaps you can tell me a bit more about this. 
The problem with consuming beef is that we not only have to raise the cattle, but we also have to grow the food to feed them.、Um, the growing food process takes a lot of water, and it would also produce a lot of greenhouse gases. And because we need that much land to produce the food for them, we need to change the use of the land. And during that process, there would be a lot of deforestation because we need to cut down the trees so then we can farm the food. Um, uh, the amount of land and water that are required to produce beef is like the highest among all the foods that we consume, and they also produce a lot of methane during the process where the cattle digest their food. So it's one of the most significant greenhouse gases that causes global warming, and also、um, there's one saying like that I love is that、um, how. If the beef, like I mean, the cattle and the most strongest, tallest animals, like the giraffe, the rhino, they all consume plant-based foods, and they can be that strong and that big and that tall. Then why can't we just consume a lot of plant-based foods and be strong as well? Absolutely. So it's a bit of a myth that we have to consume meat in order to get our protein and grow our muscles. Is that what you're saying? Yes, actually,、um, I met a lot of、uh, vegan athletes, and they actually tell me that after consuming plant-based foods, they actually have better concentration, and also they can still develop a lot of muscles, and they can still win in their games. And I look forward to seeing more of these athletes like grow in the in the sector, so then they like we can we can tell people that we don't have to consume meat to gain meat. Absolutely. Now, are many of your customers aware of the impact of beef, and therefore want to find a plant-based alternative, and sort of turn to tempeh as a vegan-friendly option, or are they flexitarians? Well, I think most of our customers,、um, from our understanding, they're、um, flexitarians, vegetarians, and vegans.、Um, from them, I think they're very aware of the sustainability aspect and also、um, the environmental impact of eating a lot of, consuming a lot of meat.、Um, for them, they would be looking for alternative proteins to、uh, supplement their diet、um, because a lot of, I guess, people when they start vegetarian or vegan,、um, they don't know. They just cut off the meat and then. And they realize that they don't have enough protein, and they don't have enough energy. They can't concentrate well. So,、um, with our introduction, introduction of、uh, tempeh, and then all the health benefits, they start to,、um, you know, learn, and that's something that they can take because it's a natural form of protein,、uh, as opposed to other processed、um, alternative protein products.、Um, and with with beef, I think not just beef, but in terms of all the meat. Consumption. I think it goes back to you know、um, demand and supply.、Uh, if there is a demand, of course there are businesses who are looking to supply such product、um, in a bigger quantity at a lower cost, and that's what really leads into industrial farming.、Um, you know, back in the days where we used to just our maybe our older generation they just you know have a few chicken or、uh, a few. You know, pigs in the farm, but then now it's different. It, it, you're look, talking about tens and thousands of, of、um, you know, cows and and pigs and chicken in in these big farms, which are in very bad、um, you know conditions, and they develop different diseases. And then after all, it goes into our food chain. So、um, in general, it's it's not、um, an ideal way of farming, and it's not an ideal food source anymore. So、um, tempeh would be a very good natural. 
protein source that they could supplement. I mean, you don't need to dive straight into veganism like I did. Um, but do um, incorporate it in your meal, for example, in one meal a day or maybe one day in a week. You know, just gradually go through that process and eventually you'll see that, you know, health changes in your body reacting to it. And you'll feel greater, more energetic. Absolutely. Now back to the tempeh. I think you started to talk about this, but tell me how it's made and what makes it especially great an alternative to beef. You said it's fermented, it's high in protein and super healthy, right? What, why, why is it such a great thing that you can use to easily sub out beef in your recipes and sort of put in the tempeh? So first of all, in terms of the protein content, it's quite high um, for tempeh. Um, of course, it's not one-to-one, -one, but then it's got about, from my studies, would be about 70-80% in terms of the protein. But then you're cutting out all the cholesterol in beef. You're cutting out all that saturated fat. Um, the other, the bad sides of the, from the meats, but at the same time you still keep the protein, and then on top of that you get the fiber. Um, in Chinese culture, in our diet, actually we do lack a lot of the fiber because everything is cooked, fried, so you lose a lot of that fiber from um, from vet, even vegetables. You know, we tend to cook it, overcook it. Um, but with tempeh, because it's got that fiber in there, it goes straight down to your um, intestine, so that's why it's able to help you create that bowel movement to help you so that you don't experience too much of the, you know, the problems that most people living in the city would um, experience. Um, and, and tempeh, because it's fermented, again, because it helps the bean digest part of the um, content in the bean that we're not able to digest. So actually increases the digestibility from maybe 60% to 90%. So then we're actually able to take in more of the nutrient from the bean. And at the same time, we don't feel hungry. And then on this other side, it's about the cooking. So because tempeh is very versatile, you can mince it, you can dice it, you can cut it, slice it in any way you want it. And then you can cook it in many ways. You can um, fry it, you can bake it, you can just cook it like meat. You can marinate it, give that flavor to it, and then you can control how much flavor you want to give to it. Because in terms of, for example, like beef, it's it's got the high salt content inside, right? So, but with tempeh, it's actually um, neutral. It doesn't have any flavorings because of fermentation. It only uses the bean, water, and yeast. So there's no flavoring in there. And you get to control what you want it to taste like, so you add your marinating. Wonderful. So I want to know how you guys like cooking it. For first timers, do you have any recipes or tips you'd recommend, especially for those dishes where you can swap out meat from meat and beef and sub in tempeh? So actually, I think for like a balanced plant-based diet, we need like all sorts of vegetables. We need nuts and seeds. We need beans, and of course, the protein content we can use tempeh to sub substitute. And um, actually, I tried the. Um, um, bibimbap right here in Nazi coffee and it's amazing so they have this um, amazing bed of vegetables with rice and uh, seaweed and also sesame seeds and and our tempeh as well and they have this sauce that's spicy and this other sauce that's not spicy and you can choose and you just basically stir them up mix them together and it just tastes amazing and it would keep you full for the rest of the day and you won't be like oh I'm eating plant-based food that I get hungry all the time it's really amazing wonderful and what's your personal favorite way of cooking tempeh at home 
first of all, please don't boil it like June did, um, <laughs> or just steam it because you really need to give that flavor. Uh, one simple way is to actually just, um, if you like a Western style, you can make like a spaghetti bolognese. Um, so what you could do is just uh, mince it and then just fry it with a bit of garlic and onion, just how you would cook it like a um, spaghetti bolognese, but just sub out the meat with the, the minced tempeh. It would have the similar texture and taste. Um, and then even if you want to uh, actually just do half-half to start with, so you don't miss the beef so much, you could just do half tempeh, half beef like that, and then gradually change the proportion. Another way I like to do it, just really simple, is just a tempeh bacon. Um, slice it thinly and then marinate it with um, some soy sauce and maple syrup, a little bit of ginger, and then uh, just bake it. And then it'll be very nice and crispy and it'll be very tasty. So That's like, really interesting. I love the idea of kind of doing half-half, doing half beef, half tempeh, and then gradually increasing the amount of tempeh you put in. So you don't feel like you're missing out on anything right away and you can work up to it. That's a great idea. What were you going to say? I was going to say traditionally um, the, in Indonesia where it came from, usually they would cook it, like deep fry it and add tons of sauce to it. But like because our tempeh is very well treated, like we treat it with a lot of care. So it actually does not have that strong fermented flavor. So um, some people would even eat it raw. But for me, my personal favorite is to dice it and then pan fry it and then add sweet and sour sauce. Because like one of my favorite dishes when I was a child is sweet and sour pork. And I miss that flavor. I don't, mi I don't miss the pork, but I do miss the flavor. So I would make sweet and sour tempeh. That's a great idea. So aside from tempeh, what are some other vegan protein sources you would recommend? It doesn't always have to be tempeh, right? At home, I use lots of beans, nuts, and seeds like you mentioned. What about people who might want to go for something with a meatier taste? Would you recommend going for meat substitutes even just once a while? Um, well, I do cheat sometimes, so um, a good um, burger, an alternative meat burger would um, do with, you know, if you're going out with a bunch of friends, that would be something that's good, but it's only on a cheat day because um, after all, those are highly processed, so it, it may not be too suitable for everybody's body to consume, especially if you're just adopting, uh, the, you know, a more vegetarian or vegan uh, plant-based diet. It might be a little bit heavy for the body, um, but... Uh, Aside from tempeh, actually when I started, tofu was good, but then for me it was a little bland and it was lacking the texture that I was looking for. And I really enjoyed a lot of beans um, and especially quinoa. Quinoa is actually really high in protein, um, but not many people know how to use it and how to incorporate it in the meal because it's not something that's familiar. Um, in fact, in the past we did try to um, have a quinoa tempeh with chickpea to add the texture. So that's something that we're also looking into because we always want to think how to increase the, uh, the protein content. So for me, as a simple salad, just um, mix of veggies and then some maybe some uh, kidney beans, uh, some tempeh, uh, bacon, and then some quinoa to just give me all good balance and it's got a good mouthful of different textures and flavors. That sounds delicious. What about you, June? I do cheat like once in a while and I love vegan burgers. I do love 
uh, some of the meat substitutes. I think they're created there for a reason. Uh, some people would judge us and say, oh, like if you love animals, why would you want something that tastes like meat? But to me, I eat it for the animals. I'm not picky. As long as it's not made from animals, I'm fine with it. But if the alternative is there and I get to enjoy it occasionally, like oatmeal, oatmeal, Ice cream or like a vegan burger, I would I would love it. And uh, for me, I think my staple food would be um, the protein, alternative protein. I would eat a lot, especially. Well, actually, I had it this morning. Is scrambled tofu with a little bit of turmeric and black pepper. So it actually tastes kind of like scrambled eggs. And I would add some chili beans and some avocado, and it would be like kind of like a Mexican flavored. Breakfast. That sounds delicious. I know I personally do love a plant-based burger once in a while. It is delicious, and for me, the reason is, of course, the planet. So we're here at Nutsy Coffee and Quarry Bay because they serve your tempeh, right? It's on their menu. Shall we go over and have a look, and maybe you can tell me what's on offer, what kind of beefless dishes they make using your tempeh? So right here they have their um, bibimbap that I mentioned before. It has our organic tempeh and uh, grilled mushrooms, spinach, um, carrots and beans and also the rice as well. And it's not very high in calories and has 25 grams of protein. And one thing I love about this place is that they always tell you how many calories and how much protein you're consuming which could be like something useful to people who are conscious about their diet. Absolutely. I can see they've even got mac and cheese, a burrito wrap. They've even managed to make a sort of vegan chicken using your chickpea tempeh, haven't they? Yes. So um, it was. So we had a really fun experience, you know, just playing around with different dishes uh, with the chef here, and he's very creative. So this is something that we actually played around. We um, used our ch uh, chickpea tempeh, and then we uh, dipped it in a batter. There's special homemade batter, and then they deep fried it. So it, it's really good. It's just like uh, kind of like a fried chicken. Wonderful. And finally, I'd love to ask you both, do you have any general advice for those who want to go beefless but need some extra motivation? They don't know where to start. Of course, you can definitely start with like the meat alternatives. They do look like meat and uh, the taste is maybe probably a little bit more similar than other natural plant-based foods, but it's a great way to start. I think um, I don't judge anyone for like eating um, meat-like substitutes because it's a great step. As long as it's helping the planet, helping animals, I think it's great. I think um, one of the challenge when I started you know, going into vegan um, diet, it's with the families. Um, eating with your family, as a Chinese family, you always gather around and then you're always gonna be that extra person that's just not eating anything that they ordered and then they don't know what to cook for you. So like June said, the meat alternative the substitutes are, are something that they can handle. If you give them a pack of like a mince uh, vegan meats, they know how to cook it because it looks and, and cooks like meat. So that's something to start with and also to help you uh, serve your cravings. But eventually your body will start to react when you get 
deeper into this uh, plant-based diet, and then you will start wanting to eat um, more natural, um, more refreshing, uh, healthier food. And that's when uh, tempeh and tofu and beans and vegetables come into play. So you just have to change your proportion gradually and then just adjust however your body needs. And don't just keep sticking with one thing and think that's the solution because it, it's it, after all you know switching over to this diet it's for the planet and it's also for your body so you can get creative you can experiment with more plant-based proteins not just tempeh you can try out plant-based proteins plant-based meat first of all and then diversify right Exactly. I think it's about like discovering what your body needs. So like in the beginning, maybe you will crave for something that has high cholesterol, high oil, high fats, like um, what we would usually get from meat. But eventually your body tells you, oh, I want a really refreshing mixed salad or I love beans with like a really nice uh, vegan um, Caesar dressing. Like it's just your body will tell you where to go. And a lot of people will tell me that, oh, like, oh, it's not working for me. I'm lacking energy or I feel sick or I'm always hungry. I think there are solutions to finding out what you're doing not correctly in, in the diet. I think if you're eating a balanced diet, like, people would ask me, like, where do you get your protein? That's the most frequent question I get. And a lot of times people will be like, like, so what do you eat, right? But there's like, thousands and thousands of plant foods out there that we can discover and also like um for for me i think it's just like i eventually find out oh like in 10 minutes i can cook this i can cook that i what kind of food makes my body feel good and um eventually you would just decide oh where you should go and i think everyone just just take their first step and just one step at a time that's great advice. Thank you so much to June and Virginia for sitting with me today talking about going beefless. Thank you. Thank you, Sally. Thank you for having us. I'm back at home now and I'm in my kitchen because I'm feeling quite inspired myself to cook up a beef-free dish. On my way back, I popped to the supermarket and found myself some impossible beef. Some of you might know it already. Let me just get it out of my freezer so I can defrost it. I know that June and Virginia mentioned they're not big fans of plant-based meat, but I'm cooking for my whole family tonight and I really want to create a super realistic meaty dish without any beef, of course. And impossible beef really does the trick. Let me just flip it over so I can read the ingredients. It's mainly made from soy protein. It's super high in protein. It's got 18.9 grams of protein per serving. I've cooked with it before and it's super versatile it can pretty much replace any beef-based dish. And you don't have to feel bad about tasting something so beefy because I promise you it's really just made from plant-based ingredients. Here it does say it's 100% animal-free and it's got a fraction of the carbon footprint. Compared to conventional beef produced in the US, this kind of vegan minced beef 
requires 96% less land, 87% less freshwater, and generates 89% fewer greenhouse gas emissions. So it's actually one of the super easy ways we can slash our own carbon footprint, or food print, I should say. So I think what I'll do tonight is combine the two. I'm going to use both this impossible beef as well as some crumbled up tempeh, just like June mentioned before, and make it into a delicious bolognese sauce, which can go with some pasta or maybe some rice. I hope this has been just as fun for you as it has been for me to explore how to swap out beef at home, even if it's just once a week, or however many meals you can manage and incorporate into your cooking. It will make a difference. Next week on Small Steps, Big Impact, instead of focusing on home cooking, I'm going to be talking about sustainable dining. So for now, it's goodbye from me. I'm Sally Ho, and I'll catch you next time. Mm -hmm.